people of faith are also people of choices. And that comes through loud and clear here in Hebrews chapter 11 as we focus in on the life of Moses. Coming up next... From Valley Bible Church here in Hercules, greetings in Christ, and once again, welcome to our broadcast. We're in the life of Moses today as we focus again on the Hall of Faith, Hebrews chapter 11, verses 23 through 28. And it's an amazing storyline that reveals to us the fact that if we are indeed children of the Most High, we'll be making choices, right choices. It's all part of faith. With today's broadcast, let's catch up with Pastor Phil once again as we look at the life of Moses and his amazing faith. Jim Elliott wrote, It it won't be a fool who gives up what he can't keep, his life, because what's a life? You're going to die anyway. The issue is, what will you die doing? You died rich, but in hell, like the rich man in Luke 16. Or you could die poor, but know God, and be a man that said, I'm comforted in the bosom of Abraham. And he said, he's no fool to give up what he cannot keep, money, body, life, to gain what he cannot lose. The thing killing America today is our young people don't have anything worth dying for. And some of you don't either. You're just eating food, keeping rent, and trying to have the good life, and if it got any better, you're going to die from just pure laziness. What do you get up for in the morning? Do you want to do any good for anybody? Just been reading the uh, uh, life of Brian Stevenson, a young African-American, in his new book that's on the New York Seller's top seller list, uh, Just Mercy, telling about He was a sharp, young, black student, somebody, he was going to one school, and somebody said, you need to be a lawyer. And he went to Harvard, and as he's going through law school, he said he he became bored with law because there seemed to be no burn in anybody in the program. It was all about how much money we're going to make doing law. It's how we're going to be this in law, and nobody was doing law for a reason. So... He joined the Southern Defense League in Alabama to go defend poor blacks and poor whites that couldn't afford a lawyer. Never even got a salary. A nonprofit took him on. Black people were being sentenced, even in the year 2000, to death penalties with all white juries because a black man couldn't be on a jury in Alabama. He said, I'll spend my life trying to bring justice and mercy to those that can't afford legal protection. I think he found something worth doing law for. Save a man's life. He goes down there and he defends teenagers who were sentenced to death penalty at age 13. Some mentally retarded, but still it's easier to fry them than it is to defend them. The saying on death row was, he who has the capital, he who doesn't have the capital, gets the punishment. As I've been reading the book, it saddens me, but he's a hero in my world. 
Oh, Brian, you found more than money. More than money to get you up in the morning and take money out of most Americans' lives. And even in the church, you don't know what to do with yourself. What about he bought you, not with money, but with his own blood to turn you into a servant? Edwin's got about three people that go with him on evangelism on uh, Tuesday night. Do we believe anybody's going to hell? Can we get anybody to do the Great Commission? Or we sit around and gripe with each other? You know what God does to churches? He lets us consume one another. When you don't obey the head and do his will, you'll consume one another in the church. And that's why churches become ghastly, disoriented, and God lets us consume one another. You'll obey him or destroy one another. You can't keep people together without a mission. What has God saved you for? By faith, you say, I'm living for more than money. And Moses said, I'm not living for the treasures of Egypt. I'm not living to be called the son of Pharaoh. I've become identified with the cause of God and the suffering of God's people. I choose to suffer with God's people. Would you suffer with us? You're not suffering in this church. Oh, no, you're not. you just got a suffering complex. You've not shed any blood. You you just got your feelings hurt over something. Petty, stupid, and carnal. Oh, who will stand up to reach this desperate generation in this desperate time? What a dangerous country we live in now. When you can't be in San Bernardino, a real safe place, without... I think it was over 38 children lost their parents uh, last week. 38 children no longer have a dad or a mom. And one day, we're not safe. We all may be dead before tomorrow. What will you be known for living for in the meantime? He chose in verse 26 the reproaches of Christ, greater wealth, than the treasures of Egypt. And there, Christ, here, this is 1,500 years before Christ comes to the earth. The word Christ is used of God's anointed. It becomes the key term for the Messiah. But in his day, he understood God had a people that he'd begun with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And here the writer is writing to people that are suffering for the name of Christ. And he takes it all the way back. Moses chose to suffer with God's anointed people, a people that will eventually give us an anointed one called the Messiah. We used to sing an old song, I'll be a friend to Jesus, my life for him I'll spend. I'll be a friend to Jesus until my years shall end. I'll be a friend to Jesus. We used to sing a song, I'll take the way with God's chosen few. And then they would change it. God's despised few. Would you meet, would you meet today in church if we met in the catacombs of Rome? Would you be in attendance? I'd say half of you wouldn't. But I'm judgmental. Maybe not that many. How many would say, we can't meet above ground because Nero will kill us. 
but will go to the cemeteries that are underneath the streets of, of Rome, and they run for miles. There's bones, and there's decaying bodies, but it's the only safe place to meet. I'll see you there Sunday. You don't know anything about it, nor do I. That's why the church is soft in America. Entertain me. Entertain me. Entertain me. I won't come unless you entertain me. Oh, poor, poor us. When will we say, I choose to be identified with the cross, with the Christ, with the sufferings, identify with Christianity. He's worth dying for and living for. He goes on. He says in verse 26, he chose the reward of faith. He considered the reproach of Christ greater wealth than the treasures of Egypt, for he was looking to the reward. And you remember what he said in 11.6? He is a rewarder of those who please him and seek him. You never serve God without being recompensed. If not in this life, he'll make it up to you for eternity. How's that? Amen. <laughs> he'll make it up. There'd be no pain in eternity. There'd be no fires. There'd be no suffering. And you won't get bored. He's going to work it out where you won't get bored for eternity with what he's got planned for you. Amen. If you're willing willing just to be identified, I will reward you. Now, not with maybe a brand new Cadillac and not a brand new house in this life. Some get it, praise the Lord, enjoy it. it. You may have to wait till you get with him, but one glimpse of his dear face will all sorrows erase. One glimpse, one glimpse. We've lost sight of heaven and how wonderful it's going to be. Do you ever think about heaven? We used to sing songs on heaven. We used to have a sister always saying, I want to stroll all over heaven with you some glad day. You remember? Talked about her loved ones. I'll be reunited. And they would just talk like they knew the street address of heaven. They knew where everybody. Faith had made it real. And here Moses, Moses. Don't you see what you're giving up? He says, I'm giving it up because I've been let in the secret of what I want to get. I've got a reward coming. God is going to reward me. And all those who live by faith, the reward will be far greater than anything we ever give up. He goes on to say that uh, he chose to fear God and not the king. And it's interesting that the first time Moses fled Egypt because he'd killed an Egyptian trying to rescue a fellow Jew, Hebrew, he fled that time in fear. But there's two times he leaves Egypt. The first time he'd murdered a man and he's getting out of town. The second time he leads a march, a freedom march with maybe two, two and a half million people. That time when he leaves town, he's not afraid of the king. No, no, no. He, he's following the cloud and the fire. He's following this other one. Back here, he was impulsive. Back here, he thought maybe a good stranglehold on an Egyptian is what the Jews needed. What they needed is a man that would follow the cloud. 
They need a man that would follow the fire, a man that would lead by faith. And when they go on the exodus, he's not afraid. He's not afraid of the king. He's not afraid of his chariots that are going to chase him. He's not afraid of his threats. No, he's been delivered because he fears the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, the God of his parents who rescued him as a boy. By faith, he left Egypt, not being afraid of their anger. He chose to trust in God's protection. I love it in verse 28. By faith, he kept the Passover. You know, on the night that the death angel was going to sweep through Egypt, and even Goshen, and any house that did not have the blood of a lamb applied to the doorpost, the Lord said, I will take the firstborn in that house. Moses could have flipped up and he said, hey, I'm the chosen leader. I'm above this stuff. No, 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 no. You know, he had a firstborn son in that house. Because out there in Midian, he had a son named Gershom. Had his other son with him down there in Egypt. One of his boys would have been killed that night. God wasn't going to protect his sons because his name was Moses. He was going to protect his sons because of the blood of a lamb. And you and I, you can't ever go to heaven without coming under the protective care of the blood of Jesus Christ. It just hit me when I was writing these notes. The only way you could ever be protected from God is by God. (laughs) The only way you could be protected. You see, you don't want to mess with God until you know him. Are you afraid of him? Good. Good. For when you lose the fear of him, you're nigh to death and nigh to destruction. If you're afraid of him, good. The Romans world of Romans 1, they lost all fear of God. There's nobody going to hold us accountable for anything we do. But to fear God and to know he's, and some of us, because we were forced to live around Christians all of our life, I didn't choose it. I was stuck with it. I could never sin without God in the picture. It's terrible to grow up in a home with Christian parents when you want to sin. You've got to lie like the devil and sneak all the time. Huh? Because I don't, I mean, I, I think of my poor girls. Good night. They couldn't tell me anything. What? What are you doing, girl? What? Wait, I didn't ask to be a pastor's daughter. Blame that on God, not me. They always wanted to go to dances. No, you can't go to dances. No, everybody's going to dance. I want to go to dances. No, you can't go to, can't we, the kids in the youth group, go? Well, they're all backsliders. And the folks are too. Because I grew up in Richmond. A lot more went on at dances than dancing. Do you know what I'm talking about? I let them go once. They came back. You knew what you were talking about, didn't you, Daddy? Yes. (laughs) Sit down. I'm trying to protect you. 
I don't want some half-lit guy fondling you and hurting you. You hear? You want to dance? Dance here in the front room. Your mom likes to dance too. Kick it off. I'll throw on a good number you can kick it up on. Come on over sometime. We'll play some Cajun music for you. He trusted, he trusted God's protection. He chose to fear God and not the king. He chose the reward of faith, not the treasures of Egypt. He chose the reproaches of the anointed, the Messiah. He chose to suffer with the people of God. I have to say this. The greatest thing that Egypt could ever give a man was a pyramid or an embalmed funeral. They were famous. I've watched uh, programs on how they embalmed in Egypt. Amazing. How they would take the human brain out through the ears and the eyes. They'd empty the skull. And they had a certain, I forget the name, a certain mineral that was in that area. Uh, it looked like talcum powder. It was a white uh, substance. And they would take, drain the body, take out internal organs, brains included. Some, they, right, they took out the brains and uh, put this, is basically a, someplace around there, a mineral that they would use. It, it took months to do it, but to be embalmed. You remember Joseph was embalmed because he told them, when you leave Egypt, take me with you. And so he was a mummy. And they took him. And if you could build a um, pyramid, and I think King Tut's, uh, you know, that museum was on, on the road here in the United States. I went and visited in Cairo and saw some of the goods that Tut, a, a young boy king of Egypt, was buried with. His monkey embalmed gold precious uh, metals, and of course the grave robbers knew that, and they would break in. But Pharaoh Hatshepsut is believed to be the Pharaoh that was the father of the mother, the Egyptian woman who adopted Moses. Moses leaves all the treasures of Egypt. That Pharaoh was buried in a pyramid, embalmed, gold, chariots, wife, animals, all were outfitted for the journey the Egyptians taught to the next land. Whatever happened to Moses, he chose to believe in the invisible God. Look what you gave up. Let me give you a fast-forward picture from 1445 B.C., the date of the Exodus. 1,500 years forward, the Lord Jesus tells Peter, James, and John, I want you to visit with me up on a mountain, and I'm going to show you what a glorified body will look like and what you're going to get eventually. And they go up there, and who happens to show up but Moses? 
And, and he's not mummified. He's glorified. Who, who, who buried you out there in that desert? God did. He was my undertaker. Matter of fact, the devil wanted his body to get the nation to become idolaters and worship the man. And God had to commission Michael to rebuke him. You can't have the body of Moses. Jude 9. But you know what? 1,500 years later, Peter, James, and John, they were so enamored with seeing Moses and Elijah with Christ. They said, we got to build three tabernacles and put up a monument right here. And God said, no, 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 no. I'm impressed with my son. I'm just showing you what I gave the people of faith. This is their future. And this is what you boys are going to They may decapitate you. They may burn you. James, we know they're going to beat you to death in the city of Jerusalem and stone you. Peter, we know they're going to crucify you upside down. And John, they're going to try to boil you in a pot of oil over at Patmos. But this is what's coming. This is how you're going to look in the future forever. Now, I want to tell you. This world can't do that. They can mummify, but they can't glorify. They can't give you this promised home. And everything you've said goodbye to in this world, guess what? He said, I'll make it up to you. I'll make it up. I ask you, do you think God can match the world in rewards? No, no, no. He excels. He excels. He excels. Man, I can't. Read Randy Alcorn's book on heaven just to get a glimpse of what all you're going to get in heaven. And some of you already, you're bored down here, and you got more luxury and more money and more pastime. You don't know what God has even made you happy in heaven. And that would be a miracle. That would be a miracle. Because you can have all this stuff down here. Do you know what Solomon said? I got it all. I got a thousand women. That ought to satisfy a man. A thousand. Now, this wasn't porno. This, I'm feeding this many chicks. A thousand. I've got so much gold and money that he said silver was as common as rocks in Jerusalem. Wine, pleasure, inventions. And I found out it's all vanity. It's all chasing the wind. After all my experiences, let me tell you, young man, serve your creator while you're young. And before the days come that you say, I have no pleasure in them, I have found only God can empty and fill an empty heart. Try everything this world has like I have, and you'll say, it's empty, empty, The life of faith chooses God over everything this world has to offer. And you're listening to Truth For Today with Pastor Phil Howard, the ministry of Valley Bible Church here in Hercules. As we close out our broadcast today, we would invite you to contact us. Let us know how the program encourages you in Christ and how this program is being used by you on a daily basis. Are we just a normal part of your radio listening? Do you tap into our resources available at our website? Have you visited our church? 
These are things we would love to hear from you. Take a moment, call or write to us today. Our phone number is 855-833-9864. Again, you can reach us at 855-833-9864. You're also welcome to visit our website, truthfortodayradio.org. Take advantage of the resource materials I mentioned a moment ago. We have several. Again, truthfortodayradio.org. You'll also find information about Valley Bible Church right there as well, who we are, what we believe, worship times, services, and directions to the church. We'd love to have you join us, especially if you're not involved in a church at this time. Again, that's truthfortodayradio.org. If you're writing to us, our address is 1511 M. Sycamore Avenue, Suite 278, Hercules, California. The zip code is 94547. And then, as we conclude our time together today, we would also invite you to partner with us. This radio broadcast and the many resources that accompany it are available as you partner with us. As you link arms with us financially and prayerfully, no gift is too small, no gift is too large, and you can do a one-time gift or make monthly pledges. No matter, we'd love to have you be a partner with us as we continue to minister the gospel of Christ to the Bay Area and beyond. So contact us today. Our phone number is 855-833-9864. And you can also donate online at truthfortodayradio.org. That's truthfortodayradio.org. Thank you so much for spending time with us today. We look forward to seeing you next time we get together for another broadcast of Truth For Today.